You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Rise and shine, Perth. Welcome to The Perth Property Show, another round on a Monday morning. I'm Trent Fleskins, your host as always. Now, today we're talking home security and we've got one expert to talk to regards to that. It's Andrew Vaughan from Intelligent Home. Andrew, thank you very much for coming in again. Thanks for having me, Trent. Now, security is one of those things where I think it's how long's a piece of string, right? You can have a simple alarm or you can go not so Hollywood style on this. You certainly can. Yeah, everyone's got different requirements. When we're talking about a simple alarm, it's, it's still come a long way since the alarms 15, 20 years ago. I guess just like air conditioning units as well. You can have zones and the pad at the front. Yep, co-pad. Yep, keypad. Keypad at the yep. front is yep. much more than a, just the buttons these days. Tell us about just that general security space in terms of alarms, where they're at these days, what they're offering compared to the past. So alarms, uh, in the same sense, they still have your internal motion sensors like the traditional systems. They'll still have your siren inside and out and yeah. your co-pad for arming and disarming. Where it has grown is the integration side of how you, how you you can have app control over an alarm now, which basically you'll get a notification if your alarm has been triggered, uh, rather than coming home just seeing a flashing light and going, your neighbour okay, was pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you know everyone just will assume it's a false alarm and ignore sort of sirens flashing, and you could have a security company monitor your system. Yeah, you know, that's pay um, them to come out. That's correct. You can still do that if you want to, yep. but you know with app control now you could have a choice just not to do that and self-monitor. A lot of the time, obviously, you've got the camera now where you can see the notifications come up and this is a video that is related to that so you can see whether there is a problem or it was just the wind. Correct. Yeah, and there's actually uh, even image sensors you can time with the alarm system that could be in the home and uh, take a snapshot of um, when the alarm gets triggered so you've actually got footage of that person potentially in the house or trying to get in. What sort of price are we paying these days for a fully integrated alarm where I can be at work right now if we're, you know, right now at recording this podcast and watching my phone with the app video going live at the moment? Well, a, what's that company? What's that technology? Where are we getting it from? Sure. Well, there's a there's a few parts to that because what you're sort of talking about is more of um, camera footage, um, CCTV. Yep. Uh, if you're wanting to watch live footage, you'd have a sort of camera system, which could be integrated with an alarm system or could be completely separate. Okay. So that's um, a plus plus on correct. top of the usual... Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. that's right. So you'd start with a basic alarm, which will protect the inside of the home, you know, with motion sensors, and then you'd go, okay, well, do we want to protect any of the windows or doors around the home? An extra sort of layer of protection, trying to sound the alarm before that intruder has a chance to be in the home. Yep. Because once they're in the home, they're going to try and get what they can quickly. Um, yep. Quickly. And yep. most people aren't paying attention to alarms these days, anyway. That's right. Yep. yep. And then you could even have external motion sensors, which is a sort of a third layer, which is you know stopping someone from even getting to that window or door in the first place. Mm. Though placement of those sort of sensors is key. They're called German Shepherds, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they were. more expensive to maintain. <laughs> yeah, well, I had an intruder to get past two of my dogs, so... <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So, yeah, they don't always work. <laughs> yep. Cost. Let's talk uh, cost. cost. Let's yep. talk about these apps. Let's talk about, really, how long it takes to set up, what companies, obviously, I'm guessing Intelligent Home can offer these services. Yes, definitely. So, we have a, a DSC alarm system. A standard on a single-story home would be, say, a 
$1,000 for a base alarm, but that wouldn't be with app control. A couple parts with the app control, we'd need an internet cable to where the alarm panel is, and then we would need to supply the app board that that internet cable plugs into. There we go straight away. If we were having to retrofit these things, this could cost quite a bit. Uh, you could be talking a few hundred dollars to run... Uh, oh, yeah, retrofitting, definitely. Yeah, if, Conduit if, up the wall across the roof and then back down the wall to the wireless router area right it becomes yeah the ability to be able to run that internet cable mm. so um, which comes back to the single story two story can that cable be run there are other technologies now which don't rely on having a data cable plugged in can't they um, can, surely you can find some of these that are wirelessly connected as a hub you see you can get three 4g connector model modules that will tie in with uh, like the alarm systems that we sell. There would be other smart sort of security systems and things on the market, uh, like you'd, you know, do-it-yourself sort of um, systems you could buy from the shop, but not something that's your traditional security system that's sort of designed and installed by someone that's licensed to yeah. do so. So yeah. you obviously need a pretty good smartphone as well to run this the power of this app is i guess uh look, it's just a, a simple app uh, so um any reasonable sort of smartphone would be able to load the app it's not really that data heavy okay. you know, um, most of the integration with your standard alarms is about a notification being you know knowing what's going on being able to open the app and seeing the state of your alarm so if you've gone to work and you're like well do i arm that alarm or not you can have a look and you know, at a glance and know if it is what if we're adding um, that cctv perspective to the alarm yeah, so it could be completely separate and you might have uh, one app to view cameras and one app for control of the alarm. Um, the alarm app would also allow you to arm and disarm it from the app as well. And you can get products that can integrate both together. Any names of these products out there that you recommend? Uh, so if we were going to integrate both together and sort of work on maybe a 3-4G connector product, uh, we deal with a product called alarm.com. And they are a product that can not only connect to a 3-4G network, but can be hardwired to the internet as well. The benefit with 3-4G connect uh, is that that module runs off the backup battery of the uh, in the alarm panel. So if your home loses power, you still have app control. Um, whereas uh, with standard app control, if your home loses power, well, your internet stops working and then you don't have app control over it. With these CCT cameras that are integrated into the alarm systems these days, it used to be a case where you're trying to figure out who is that person there's about 12 pixels on the screen i'm never going to know who this is has it come a long way especially with night vision to being able to identify who these people are so yeah you know, first part's actually getting cameras close to points of entry near doors so it gives you the best chance of actually seeing someone's face yes uh, cameras have increased in resolution like your standard cameras are now sort of sitting around six megapixel four megapixel cameras are still very sharp okay. cameras at night is a bit of a different kettle of fish because uh, a higher megapixel rating will not mean a better picture at night um, because the uh, the cells um, or you could say the um, pixels are too small to be able to pick up all the light spectrum yeah correct so you'll find a lot of the cameras that are good for nighttime viewing will be a lower megapixel particularly if they're trying to capture color as well would you integrate Um, this in with a sensor light wouldn't that help? No. So uh, the cameras that I use, for example, use infrared. So at night time, I have a black and white view of through the cameras, but I can see everything just as clear as though it's during day. Uh, light turning on would push the camera back into a, a day sort of mode. Um, you'd get color again, but it wouldn't necessarily mean you're going to see everything better than if it was just left in a night mode and okay. watching black and white. How expensive can these systems get? If we're uh, if, if I was to come to you and say, Andrew... This, I've got a normal house. 
in a normal suburb and I would like to have a fully integrated alarm and CCTV system that I can see on my app right now and tell whether it's my uh, wife or it's an intruder and therefore have the ability to arm, disarm, call the cops from that. Would there be a round number, a ballpark figure as to what I should be setting aside from my savings to integrate this into a retrofitted home? I'd, I'd break it down into a couple parts. So I'd say, well, the alarm system with app control, uh, let's say if we're talking standard app control, you'd be talking, let's call it $1,600 you know, for alarm, running an internet cable and having the module. If we were then talking about a standard camera system with a separate app, let's say four cameras would be pretty standard for a home you might be looking at 1900 as a sort of a, a, a typical solution in a single story house on top of the 1600 um, correct yep so you'd have your alarm system and then your cctv system uh, integrating them you can do it a couple ways so if we're going down the 3 4g way well then we're talking cameras that are cloud recording not locally recording. Okay. So we don't have the local recorder in the house. Yeah, because you need storage, wouldn't you? You have your hard drives. Yep. 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 And you need to be able to access them as well. Mm-hmm. Now, with 3, 4G connected products, you've also got a subscription because you're connected to a 3, 4G network. Uh-huh. So it's, um, a, it's a SIM card. Correct. Yeah. So, and that's sort of, um, a lot of them are dual SIM cards. So if one network fails, it can jump onto the other. But you'll be having potentially $35 a month as a sort of an ongoing cost to be able to then have access to your, your cameras and the alarm system over that network, as opposed to just a sort of one-off fee if you were just talking just sort of standard system that was relying on the internet in your home. Okay, so we've talked about that simple security of people that we don't want in the home getting in the home, right? Yeah. But what about the, uh, I guess there's a lot more that can be done in terms of sensors, older people, family, just keeping track of their grandparents and making sure everything is going right in the inside of the house, especially. You've been saying to me off air that there's some real push, some real advancement in that space of just keeping an eye on our family. Yeah, the wellness space is becoming more and more critical. You know, everyone's, uh, it's an aging society. We all work a lot, got parents that are older, starting to need potential care. And the, the concern is that, are they going to be okay? Are they taking their medicine that they should be? Do they have Alzheimer's or are they going for a walk and um, are disappearing and not yeah. coming back? So, you know, part of the Alarm.com product that we sell is being able to put sensors on uh, medicine cabinets, for example, and knowing uh, or getting an alert at uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, has that cabinet been opened or not, and when they should have had their medicine each day, or has the front door been left open for an extended period of time where it's not just about going out and collecting the mail, they've gone on a walkabout. Yeah, so, or they've just forgotten to close the door at night. Correct, yeah. So you can start, you know, you can even do pressure, pressure sensors on beds um, so you know if they haven't gotten out of bed for an entire day okay what's what's wrong wow um, so it gives an ability to be able to without having to go to the home uh have an idea about you know if they've got a daily routine and most people are do to it are they sticking to it is something out of place and then you can put actions in place to just see what's going on that's got to be costly surely not necessarily you'd have that 3 4g connected product you'd have you know, about a 20 dollar a month your know, ongoing subscription yep. products can be installed wirelessly so it can easily be retrofitted you don't have to run the cables but what does um, a sensor cost what does a door sensor or a bed 
pressure sensor to install these things? Uh, sensors could range anywhere from $150 to watch a door and could be probably up and over $500 for something like a pressure sensor. And they just um, running off a little battery? They are battery operated, um, most of them. Or could be hardwired if it could be retrofitted. It doesn't have to be super expensive. You still have your standard alarm, but it's then it's more about what sensors. You know, If it's protecting windows and doors, that yes, that can get expensive. Okay. But, so, Andrew, what would your advice be to people who... Uh, just about to maybe look at building a home when it comes to providing for a range of these services, what would be a happy middle ground that we would be spending, investing, I should say, a bit of cash up front that you may or may not be utilizing at the start, but just makes life that much easier when it comes to making those decisions around security, CCTVs and retirement, uh, looking after family members in that space. Yeah, so we will need to have a look at the size of the home. You know, if it's a single story home, we can put provisions in place like conduits so we can, you know, get cables to a keypad later and, you know, um, maybe put that data point in so we can look at the app control side of things later. In a two story home, a little bit different. You know, that's where we'll sort of, uh, once again, make sure we've got a couple data cables. Um, we'd look at putting in uh, a base alarm system. You know, there might be a, a $1,900 spend there to have a base alarm that protects the inside of the house and we'd look at upgrading the copad uh, which would have a radio frequency technology so we can expand in the future and add window sensors and other smart sensors if required yeah um, so it gives us a path to be able to protect the home as you as your needs change and as you grow with the home makes sense i think for the small investment in things like conduits which really are about a hundred bucks per conduit uh, as i understand it gets to provide for that cavity uh, conduits uh to about half that actually really so, come yeah. down even yeah. better so yeah. we got two for one yeah. right yeah there. yep uh <laughs> a few, strategically placing them at least around the front of the home with the alarm system tv points and where your router point is going to be we're not getting away from routers anytime soon are we we're not no yeah, exactly right no. possibly in the kitchen as well so conduits we would look at on internal walls. Um, the whole thing is that you don't want to have to cut walls to be able to get cables down later. Replaster. Uh, correct, yeah. So we look at conduits on internal walls where there won't be a choice of getting cabling down later without a lot of mess. If there's cavity walls and it's single story, then there would be a path to get cables down later. So you don't need to go crazy with conduits. We just need to have a look at those um, internal walls and see do we need to get cables down there one day. And yeah, put a conduit in, have a blank plate covering it, and at least have the choice of being able to run cables later. So that's sort of that sort of key. Awesome. Yeah. Andrew, thanks very much for chatting security with us today. You're welcome. I think it's a part of building technology that's becoming more prevalent, especially yeah. as people get a bit nervous these days. Everyone wants to see what's going on around the house, but also just because there's much more that can be done. It's not just the old school alarm system. There's just so much more capability. And with, with the cost coming down, people's imaginations just keep running wild, really. Oh, well and truly. Yeah, just keep changing and for the better, which is fantastic. Thanks, man. So. Okay, suburb spotlight time. We're going way up north today, south of Joondalup, though. We are in Connolly, the golf course suburb. We've got one lady we can talk to about this beautiful historic suburb. It's Julie Cross from Platinum. Julie, thank you very much for coming in and chatting uh, about uh, this family stronghold in the north. Thank you. Can you give us a bit of history, a little bit of what it means to live in Connolly and what that lifestyle is for you? For those that don't know Connolly, it was established some 30 years ago. It's situated approximately 25 kilometres north of Perth. It's an absolutely beautiful suburb, very, very family friendly. 
anyone that's had the pleasure of being brought up in Connolly, they generally tend to move away buy their first homes in other suburbs but you know what they always come back it's that much of a beautiful suburb where are they coming from they coming out to going out to Wanneroo or up to <coughs> Kinross and then maybe yeah. you know it takes a while to afford to get back yeah. into Connolly it's not a first home buyer's price point a lot of the time is it no absolutely not no it's definitely not in the first home buyer's price bracket Generally, they go off and they might buy in other more affordable suburbs. But once once they get on that property ladder, it enables them to um, come back into that suburb. So the median price in Connolly is round about 650000 That's for a four-bedroom home. Most of the homes are based on or around the golf course. So obviously, a golf course suburb does... It'd take up quite a bit of that suburb, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, fun fact, you were telling me beforehand, it was built on a, on a quarry, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, A yeah. limestone quarry. Yeah, limestone quarry, Some, uh, yeah, established some 30 years ago. Well, you see a bit of it around, don't you? Yeah. In, in just the architecture of the place and obviously a lot of the retaining, more limestone. Yeah, and you've obviously got that world-class 27-hole golf course as well. So um, Yeah, well, yeah. we should not forget the actual course itself. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of yeah, wildlife. Do we have any kangaroos up there? Yeah, I'm going to go can- to Marangaroo, those sort of areas. Those got there's kangaroos there. You enjoying them up in, in Connolly? Oh, look, it's absolutely beautiful. And it's such a pleasure to actually do home opens. Overlooking the golf course, you've got the kookaburras, you've got the kangaroos coming out at dawn and dusk. Yeah, it's it really, really is an absolute pleasure to uh, work that suburb, definitely. When I think about the price points of the suburbs directly north and south of Connolly, Connolly is a spike in terms, it's a jump in price. Is it because the houses are just bigger and nicer and better? Look, the block sizes are very, very good as well. Generally, they range from 600 up to 900 square metres in Connolly. So, look, as I say, once again, it's one of the only tree-lined suburbs that's left. It's a very small suburb, consisting only of about 1,400 homes mm. yeah and it's just a, it's an absolute pleasure to drive through is it set up for young families and schools do you have good primary schools in the area or do you have to go outside the suburb no definitely it's got Connolly primary school which has got an absolutely wonderful reputation and um, there's other primary primary schools close by as well high school are we going further towards the coast for a more private education look high schools for Connolly uh, public high schools consist of Ocean Reef High School and also Bell Ridge they're the main public schools uh, facilitated by that suburb and then obviously you can go along to Beaumaris you've got Prenderville and Lake Joondalup Baptist College yeah okay so there's a few options around oh absolutely there isn't really a Connolly shopping centre they're going out to Lakeside really aren't they yeah Lakeside shopping centre look there is a shopping centre in Connolly we're hoping for another supermarket to go in there there's um, one of the best Chinese's in the area is there but we are hoping for a supermarket to go in there. It's a bit fairly more of a revitalisation, yeah, like yeah. an IGA or yeah. an Aldi or... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would okay. be perfect. Yeah. Well, it seems like, you know, one of those suburbs, I compare it to maybe, you know, a Mount Claremont sort of thing where, look, it's not exactly where people are going to have fun. It's where people are more going to have that quiet, leafy green lifestyle and then they'll travel slightly out of the suburb to get what they need, whether it's shopping or... Uh, education or entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got Currambine just over the road as well. That's got a nice big Woolies and a shopping centre over there. So, look, you really are close to everything. Freeway access, you're only a few minutes from the beach, the shops. So it really is, yeah, location is everything. It's not the sort of suburb that I've driven through many times. And I guess it's 
<laughs> well, I guess it's because I say that in a positive way. You don't really have to drive through it, which means that we've quite a quiet and private estate, really. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. You, you Look, drive around it to get yeah, places. Yeah, definitely. Look, and Trent, you should you should have a drive through because it's it's just beautiful. As I say, it's tree lined. I mean, even in the morning, sometimes I'm putting out my home open signs, and the ducks are just chilling and walking across the road, and it really, yeah, it's it's lovely. It's a peaceful place to be. Yeah. Definitely. Let's talk about prices. Let's talk about dollars. What's the cheapest price I could pay to get in to Connolly? I sold one in an over 55 unit that was around about 300,000. Are there many of those available? Oh, there's a few. They do come up, definitely. Definitely they do come up. The older type? They, yeah, they're yep. definitely the older. Yep. Um, they're like the um, units. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually there's a development of around about 16 to 20 units. If you want to buy a four-bedroom home, generally you can get into Connolly around about the Huntingdale, Crescent, that sort of area. I've got one there at the moment that's mid to high 500s. But generally for a four-bedroom home in Connolly that doesn't need too much renovations, then you're getting around about a 600 to 650. So it's a fairly homogenous suburb where most of the houses are of similar quality, yes. similar size, similar size block, and you're going to be paying in that 600s if you really want that Connolly lifestyle. Absolutely, yeah. Do you get any really ritzy mansions in Connolly oh, as well, overlooking the golf course? Yeah, 100%. So Pine Valley Pass is one of the most affluential streets in the whole of Connolly. Basically, you've got pretty much a panoramic view of the golf course. Yeah. Uh, also, Cypress Point Retreat. I sold one down there recently, and the views were just absolutely spectacular. What are you paying so, for those? Oh, look, in Pine Valley Pass, you can pay anything up to around about 1.8 to 2 million they are spectacular hollywood mansions then you've also got cypress point retreat and look this isn't limited to these two streets but cypress point retreat i sold one there recently that one at 1.3 and that was an absolutely beautiful renovated property completely once again overlooking the golf course so you've got options for everyone really don't you yeah if you oh, definitely. That northern lifestyle yeah not too fussed by the beach then you've really got a, a quite a a range of, of family-sized home. Yeah, look, the beach, uh, several of the homes do ad- actually have ocean views as well. If you've got the double stories, you do get the uh, ocean views as well. But obviously, it is a golf course suburb. But as I say, yeah, definitely get the ocean views. And the beach is only five minutes away as well. Subdivision opportunities. I would have thought this would be a fairly small conversation to have. When the City of Journal Up came through with their rezoning, uh, would be three and a half years ago now. Connolly really wasn't on the top of the list when it came to uh, gentrifying the suburb because it didn't really need it. It's quite a nice suburb the way it is. Yeah. However, are there a few opportunities around? Yeah, look, there are a few blocks that are over a thousand square metres with obviously the potential there for subdivision. The I houses know... would still be quite valuable though, wouldn't they? You'd be paying for quite a bit of house. Oh, absolutely. I've, yeah. I've got one, oh, sorry, two should I say that the owners have actually subdivided. One of them I sold for around about the mid 600s and I'm actually currently selling the other one at the moment moment and that's also at the mid 600s so are they knocking the backyard off or are they knocking the whole place down and selling a side by side lots generally they're knocking the whole place down depends on how the uh, property is actually situated okay how much would a 500 square meter block be selling for then any look, idea yeah look golf course you'd be selling at around about a thousand square meter non-golf course you'd be selling around about 550 per square meter big difference oh you don't want to get that wrong no 
no no no no so as i say absolute golf course a thousand square meter and uh, non-golf course yeah 550 okay do you see many people coming in and doing a corner lot uh, subdivision split, knocking off the house on a corner i mean that that would be more prevalent than the availability of 900 or a thousand square meter blocks in a suburb yeah no i haven't had any of those and i haven't noticed that any of those have Okay. For me, uh, not surprising, and I think that's <clears throat> simply because these houses don't need knocking down yet. That you're paying, you, if a developer's going to come in, they're paying quite a lot for the house. Yep. And therefore, the, the numbers just wouldn't stack yep. up to knock it down and then put two new ones there. It seems to not really be ne- necessary in the suburb right now. Correct. We mentioned uh, the median house price. It was, what was it, 650 Yeah, around about 650 Julie, if you had 650 in your pocket, what would you buy in Connolly? You'd buy a, a four-bedroom, two-bathroom. Generally, it'd have a pool. Might need a little bit of renovations on the um, bathrooms. Generally, the kitchen will be nice and renovated. Sometimes you would want to change the flooring, but that happens with pretty much every home you buy now. Well, but these are all 80s homes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yep. they're all 80s homes, yeah. Yep. So around about the 650, you buy a four by two with a swimming pool. Where would you be trying to buy it? Any precinct within Connolly where you reckon you could nab it in that price and that would be where you'd be going? Prairie Dune side, uh, Dorado Beach Crescent, those sort of that sort of pocket of Connolly, that's an absolutely beautiful pocket, but the whole of Connolly is absolutely beautiful. But Okay, other than the golf course estate, there yeah. really isn't, a big difference in terms of quality. Correct. And demographic. Correct. Bonus question. It's Christmas time. It is. It's the 23rd of December. Connolly is home of the Christmas lights in it, the northern suburbs. Can you is. tell us a little bit, a bit, oh of, a bit of a push goodness. for everyone to get yeah. out there in the Look, next few days? It's absolutely beautiful. Um, once again, I'm throwing in Prairie Dunes there because that is the famous street in Connolly that does the Christmas lights. Now, they also raise an awful lot of money for the guide dogs of Australia. I can't even remember how much it is now, but they've they've actually raised so, so, so much money. And the people that actually do this, the people that started this, they're actually in their 70s now and they're still going strong and they're still doing all these fundraising. It's, absolute, it's an absolute pleasure just to go down that street all around Christmas time and just look at the tr- lights. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's Good. just absolutely beautiful. So Prairie Dunes, any other streets? Or is that main, the main street? That, that is the main Christmas light street. Get in your car. Get, get in up your there. car. Get out your get car. Get out of your car and go for a walk and donate to the, uh, to to the, the Guide, Guide Dogs, Dogs Australia. Yep. yep, yep, absolutely. Julie Cross from Platinum. Merry Christmas. Thank you very much for your time. Talking about one of the North's most premium family suburbs. Yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Trent, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!